Is there about to be a glut of RVs on the market? Some people think so. I do. And we're going to talk about that and lots, lots more, including an interview about uh, working on the road, some internet connectivity questions, and uh, your questions and the RV news of the week all coming up. Welcome, fellow travelers. It's time for another episode of the RV Podcast. Answering your questions, sharing tips, suggesting great trips and off-the-beaten-path adventures, and always staying on top of the RV lifestyle news you need to know about with great interviews and inside industry information. Here's your hosts, award-winning journalists Mike and Jennifer Wendland. Hi, everybody. We're Mike and Jen, and welcome to episode 351, ready to be released before the 4th of July. Yep, this is uh, the 4th of July week, and it's, uh, it's, how did this happen so fast? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. It just keeps going by faster. People are saying that there are more people camping uh, this Fourth uh, of July than uh, at any time ever before, and I, I believe it. How about you? I believe it as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be nuts. So uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with you today on this uh, this program. We've got uh, lots of great audience uh, tips and feedback that we want to share. Uh, plus, we have an interview with a couple that we met on the road. And uh, they share some suggestions on how you, too, can find that special niche that will get you traveling more. And uh, we really enjoyed meeting them. You ended up with a pretty good deal out of the thing. We did a little bartering with this couple. Nothing wrong with that. And we'll tell you about that. That's coming up in the interview of the week. Hey, right off the top, though, we want to say thank you so far for the initial response to our new uh, print version of the Complete Guide to Boondocking. And uh, I don't want to take credit for something, but the timing of this couldn't be better. <laughs> no, it couldn't be. It's because it's so hard to find campgrounds uh, that have a vacancy. Your best shot now, if you need to, to, you know, on a popular weekend, is to find um, uh, a, a place to boondock. And this is our complete guide. It's uh, 114 plus pages. Uh, it teaches you how to successfully boondock in your RV, enjoy this beautiful country, find those spots, and uh, we'll put a, an address uh, link to it in the description and in the show notes for this podcast, but uh, thank you for the response so far to that book, and we're delighted. That's the first of our print versions of all of our books, uh, and you know, we've got another one coming out on uh, July 10th. We'll be announcing our next one. Good. And you want to tell them about that one, what that one's about? That one's going to be camping along the Great Lakes, the U.S. side. We did a tour of the Great Lakes shoreline that starts at Lake Ontario in New York. And it goes all the way east and then north up along Michigan into Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, down into uh, Wisconsin, through Indiana, Illinois. Tell them how many miles that is. That is like 4,000 miles. It's just amazing. 4,000 miles. And uh, that's uh, uh, the Great Lakes Shoreline Tour, and that's uh, going to be released on July 10th. We'll tell you about it when it comes here. But uh, we had so much fun putting that together. We even did a nice trip uh, last uh, last week. We got off and, and had uh, had some fun on uh, the Lake Huron Shoreline. That was, uh, that was great. So um, we're pretty excited about all of this, and we hope that you are too. Uh, I think the, the most fun we have is in writing these books. 
don't you? It is. It's fun. I, I like the exploring. I like going to the places. You're yeah. more the writer in the group. Well, I always want to stay and tell and talk more about everything as we're doing it, but because uh, uh, sometimes we have to move on very fast. And uh, but but it is really fun. Hey, we have a new feature that we're going to introduce this week on the podcast, and it's kind of a special treat for those of you who are watching the video version of the podcast on the YouTube RV Lifestyle channel. Uh, starting this week, we're going to have a feature called Hidden Campground Gems. Now, we have been reporting a lot. We'll be talking more about it today, about how hard it is to find a camping site during this massive boom in RV and outdoor recreation and camping. But there are campgrounds out there available. And uh, we're going to start our regular feature where we're going to actually uh, pick a campsite, a campground, in an area that you probably thought was all filled up. We'll show you it. We'll give you 360-degree video. Our, uh, our friend uh, Mark Kapp will be helping us with those reports and doing those for us every week. And uh, this week, we're going to start one, and it's going to be uh, right uh, near the west entrance of Yellowstone National Park. And when we checked it just a few days ago, uh, a week or so before the 4th of July, there were still openings. So I think you're going to enjoy this. Hidden Campground Gems is a new feature that we'll be uh, featuring on the podcast. And those of you who watch the video version will actually see video of that campground. And that is such a great idea. I'm so happy that Mark came up with uh, doing that because it's going to be a blessing yeah. to everybody out there. That's, yeah. We have been getting so much feedback from people talking about overcrowded campgrounds. Yeah, we, we have. And we want to share some of that with you uh, in, uh, in this episode. Because there's some really good ideas that people are coming up with. And as we hear from you, um, and from our experience as we travel and your experience as you travel, we really have a pretty accurate uh, assessment of what the situation is out there. And there is a lot of anger. There's a lot of, maybe a better word right now is frustration. And we hope it doesn't turn into anger because anger then gets into cynicism and you know, it, it, uh, that, that's never a good thing. No, it's but, not good. But, but we can come together, share information, and help each other out. And that's what we're all about. One of the more interesting reactions that we received this week uh, came from an audience member who heard uh, last week's comments where we were talking about the 2021 camping crisis and the growing frustration out there among many RVers came from a follower on our YouTube RV Lifestyle channel. His name is Wendell Stevens, and here's what Wendell had to say. Next year or the year after, we will see a glut of RVs on the market. People thought last year during the pandemic that camping was the way to go, so they rushed out and bought an RV. Now those folks can't find a campsite and their camper is sitting in the driveway, but the payment still has to be made. My social media camping groups are literally full of new folks that do not have a clue, and I mean no offense by that. I've literally seen posts such as, my husband and I are going to buy a travel trailer tomorrow. What size should we get? And do I have to dump the black tank every time we go camping? And addressing the people who are renting and not showing up for their sites, on at least one local camping group, I saw somebody selling reservations at a nearby state park. I hope this mess goes away or we may get out of RVing ourselves. 
That was really interesting. It's really frightening. You think of like concerts where people buy up all the tickets and then scalping, they scalp them. Scalping Football state park reservations. Or, They're doing that. Yeah, isn't that terrible? Yeah, we've heard that from several of you. I actually went online myself and I found a couple of forums where that indeed was happening. Uh, people were, were saying, hey, I've got a reservation I can't use. I put a deposit down if you pay me. I'm not going to even tell you where they are or any of that stuff. But um, that's the state we're at where people are actually scalping their reservations. Well, I don't know how you stop that, but it's got to be stopped. And I thought Wendell really nailed it when he talked about a lot of people um, the, in the industry, they're called COVID buyers, people who just went out and bought, usually oftentimes sight unseen, an RV, with no understanding of what was expected uh, in terms of etiquette when they camp, not even any understanding of how to operate the RV. I mean, that question that he said that we're going to buy a travel trailer tomorrow, what size should we get? I mean, that shows you uh, people aren't doing their research. And that is why I kind of agree with Wendell that there is going to be a glut on the marketplace. Uh, and I think we're going to start seeing that. We're going to talk more about it in the, in the days to come. I think the most interesting call that we received this week was from a former RV sales manager. He said the coming glut of used RVs that will soon be on the market is going to be a serious financial problem for those who are going to find themselves upside down in their loans. And uh, here's his message. And that also exposes a system, he says, that is uh, designed to confuse and take advantage of RV buyers. Yeah, he, he kind of mentions that, uh, he calls it the four square program, and that is this system uh, that, well, he's going to describe it. And remember, this guy was a former uh, RV sales manager, so he knows what he's talking about. Let's listen to that message. Hey, Mike, it's George. I was watching your podcast about... Uh a large number of RVs that are going to be coming up and available probably next year. And the only problem with it is these people are so buried in it, they're going to be so upside down, they're not going to be able to get out of them. They're not given many discounts. Uh, if they are, they're not much. Uh, they're using the four-square system in large of these, most of these large dealerships. They're pounding the warranties and all that stuff on top of these things. I used to be a sales manager at a dealership, so, yeah, they're going to get buried. The vehicle's going to depreciate 20% the moment they hit the curb. So if you bought a $100,000 one, you hit the curb, yeah, that's not worth 80. And uh, you can see the problem starting to compound. And that's because people aren't even paying attention when they buy these things. And it's getting to be very dangerous out there, and people are getting taken advantage of. They're buried. They're not getting out. Now, I don't know if it's my imagination, but as we have been driving around, uh, we've done some camping. We were on the road this week ourselves, and I, I swear I'm noticing more uh, used RVs on, in people's you know, front lawns and on street corner lots, uh, fairly new-looking RVs, those, quote, COVID RVs, COVID buyers, people who are so tired of being cooped up with COVID, they bought an RV to stay safe because it's social distancing, right? And they had heard that's the only thing you could do for a vacation. And uh, I think they're starting to unload them right now. Now, normally you see all those RVs for sale at fall. In the fall. When the summer season is over. So it's unusual to see them now. Yeah. So there you go. What do you think? I do think there will be a glut of used RVs. I think we'll start to see them this fall. 
I think uh, some people got them, used them last year. Some people got them and find they didn't really use them much this year because they can't get in any parks. I think this growing frustration is going to mean that there's a lot of them for sale. Now, as uh, George said a minute ago, the question is, is, are the people who are selling them going to be upside down? Is this going to become a, are they going to take a big financial hit on this? That's what uh, remains to be seen. All right, we got lots more to talk about and we'll do that right after this. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country, and there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just want to shop. In fact, uh, we have so much fun with uh, Camping World, and as we talk about it as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you buy $99 or more in merchandise. You'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and that we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. If you've visited an RV park lately, surely, besides all the RVs, you've seen these e-bikes. Jennifer and I are proud e-bike owners, and the e-bike that we chose are Rad Power Bikes. America's number one e-bike brand offering direct-to-consumer pricing on powerful premium electric bikes. Jen and I love our Rad Power Bikes. We use them to go around the campground, to explore the area we're in. I have the city bike version. Hers is the step-through model. And those are just two of a whole bunch of different models offered by Rad Power Bikes. All of them can reach 20 miles an hour with zero pedaling. But of course, you can also pedal and you've got five different levels of pedal assist to make the going just a little bit easier and fun. You can go between 20 to 40 miles on a single charge. Now, here's the deal. You can save $75 off if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE at checkout. Plus, of course, free shipping. Check them out. RadPowerBikes.com. Welcome back, and in this portion, we're going to talk about the RV news of the week. And there is a lot of RV news. I think the big story, as uh, we uh, record this uh, podcast, um, is out in Arizona right now, where wildfires have been raging all weekend and uh, into the new week, it, just continuing extremely dry conditions out there. Um, at least five very popular national forests in Arizona have been closed indefinitely because of that high fire uh, uh, war danger that's going on out there because of this dry weather, the heat, the drought. And they don't know when they're going to open that. Violators could face a fine. Yeah, $5,000 fine, which is absolutely incredible. Or six months in jail. So uh, no camping out there, and it's because of this drought and this and this heat uh they've had a bunch of wildfires out there yeah i think about 16 different wildfires going on and um and this is right before the fourth of july weekend when everybody's camping and out there wanting to have fun and all these campgrounds being closed and the wildfires not good well right along with those wildfires is the story of uh this uh 
unprecedented record-setting heat in the west and the uh, Pacific Northwest. Did you see what the temperatures are and have been up in Seattle and Portland? I think they've been up around 110. 110, even higher, I think, uh, a couple of those days. And it's been like this for much of a week. Now, they're hopefully going to get a little bit of a break later in the week. But I looked at a map of the temperatures, and it was literally the entire western third of the country has been over 100, from Denver all the way out to California. It has been just a mess uh, throughout this uh this 110-degree heat has been a regular occurrence for almost a week now. And also, there's the accompanying drought yeah. that's uh, going along, along with that. Yeah, no sign of this thing really lighting up any anytime soon. We're talking danger here. Uh, at the Grand Canyon, uh, where parts of the, of the trail that actually you know, people take that goes all the way down into the canyon, the temperatures out there can reach 120 degrees. Uh, officials have out there been warning hikers not to even attempt to go down that trail between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. And uh, on Sunday, a 53-year-old woman hiker yeah. from Ohio experienced heat illness, and her companions called for help. And by the time the uh, rangers arrived for help, the woman had died. Yeah, this was on the... Um the Tonto Trail, it's right near Monument Creek. Uh, further south at uh, Saguaro National Park near Tucson, uh, the temperatures there have been over 100 as well. And uh, to kind of get the, the attention of everybody about how dangerous the heat in a, in a vehicle is, they, uh, they went on Instagram and they showed the results. They took a, a a plate of a tin or a pan, whatever you of call dough. it. dough. They took some dough. Uh, and of chocolate chip cookies dough. <laughs> and they put it on the uh, dashboard of a vehicle. And in that 100 degree heat the in the vehicle. It was 180. It turned, it rose to 180 and it baked these cookies. Now, that's kind of a, you know, a gimmicky way to show you one for those of you who have pets, why there are these laws that you can't leave your pets unattended because even in a few minutes that heat, even under an 80 degree, 75 degree day, it'll go up really fast. Mm -hmm. But um, that's how dangerous it is out there. So and you've got heat stroke, brain damage, uh, not good. So uh, just be really careful. I mean, if you're out in, in that extreme heat, be really careful. People are dying of it and, uh, and that, is, that is not good. All right, enough with the heat and enough with the fires. And then the other side of the coin, another popular boondocking spot has been closed because of misuse, and this spot is in Maine. So now camping is prohibited in the Tumbledown Mountain area. Tumbledown Mountain is a beautiful area. They don't have any campgrounds there, but they've allowed, well, up until now, they've allowed dispersed, dispersed camping. camping. And... Uh, too many people, too much trash, human waste, and damage to the wildlife. Now, some of the this is a trend that has been happening all across the country. Uh, parks and lands uh, uh, managers, uh, public public uh, land all over the country have been shutting down boondocking spots because people are so inconsiderate. They're abusing privileges. They're leaving mess and human waste. Some of them were kind of homeless encampments. Oh, but. A lot of them are, are being blamed on what they call just uh, very irresponsible campers. People who, we mentioned it earlier, who 
jumped into the camping thing. They have no idea of what etiquette is, what the leave no trace movement is, about uh, how they're to behave when they're out there. And um, so you're seeing all these things shut down. This is not good. No, it's not good at all. It's, it's very sad. Yeah. So, all right, that's our news of the week. We'd love to hear your thoughts. There's a couple of ways you can do it. Number one, you can uh, use our voicemail message. Uh, a lot of you who listen to our audio podcast like to share that. And the phone number there is on your screen for those of you watching on YouTube is 586-372-6990. That's uh, 586-372-6990. Would love to get your voice messages from it. And those of you who are watching us on YouTube, uh, you guys are watching video, so leave us a question by video. Just record it on your smartphone. Don't do it too long. It doesn't have to be too long. And you can send it to us at Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. We'll love to get your video comments and your questions about all the things we've talked about. All right, we'll be back after this. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborn batteries. Battleborn batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And Battleborn batteries are protected by a 10 year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And it'll probably be the same on your rig, too. Battleborn battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborn batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Let's talk about protecting your RV from the elements. And the best way we know how to do that is with empirecovers.com, makers of quality covers for your RV that will protect them from rain, mud, pollen, and other elements that you have to waste your time cleaning or worse that can end up damaging your vehicle. Whether you own an RV, a travel trailer, or a camper, EmpireCovers.com is here to help you protect all your vehicles against Mother Nature. They offer high-quality, affordable covers that are engineered to protect every cover. Comes with a free warranty to guarantee it remains durable. The RV podcast listeners can receive free shipping plus an extra 15% off their entire order. Visit them at EmpireCovers.com slash RV Lifestyle. EmpireCovers.com slash RV Lifestyle. EmpireCovers.com. Protect what you love. Welcome back, everybody. And this is part of the program that I enjoy the most. It's questions that you send to us. And this first question is from AA. If you order a unit and there's a 15-month lead time, and you give a deposit, what happens to your loan application? Do you have to make payments? Do you have to reapply 15 months later? And now your unit is almost two years old. It was kind of like the question that we got last week from somebody who wanted to know if they ordered now and it wasn't built for two years, what model do they get? <laughs> they get the current model, whatever it is, two years down. Well, it's the same thing with your loan. 
most loans are not uh, they're you know they want to they want to exercise those loans right away so you're putting a deposit down on the thing but you're not paying at all you don't pay at all until you take possession of it and that's when you you would start making your payments uh, now whether you need to get you apply now and say I'm not going to get it for 18 months you, you know the financial people need to say well we're not going to guarantee it for 18 months you got to come back to us at the end of 18 months and then we'll negotiate it but that's generally the way it works you you won't take the money out because you've just put a deposit down on the vehicle and the actual purchase is when you pay for the vehicle and the financial company or the bank or whoever holds the the, uh, the interest to know, uh, they're the, then they give you the money and that's when your payments start does that make sense yeah okay uh, all right, here's another question. This comes from uh, a viewer of our podcast named Ross, and here's what Ross says. My WineGuard Connect 2 works fine with Wi-Fi, but even though I have a Verizon SIM card installed, it no longer connects to Verizon's cellular network. I stopped by a Verizon store in the town I was driving through, and they were very busy, and the very rushed rep told me that they no longer support WineGuard. Is this true? Well, that is a good question, and it's a question that is uh, generating a lot of interest on various forums uh, in which people who use that same WineGuard Connect 2 system that you have. I have that myself. For those of you who don't know what that is, it is a Wi-Fi booster, Wi-Fi booster, not a cellular booster, a Wi-Fi booster. So if you're in an area where you want to tap into some Wi-Fi some distance away, it'll bring in those signals a little stronger. Uh, it's good at a campground, it's good if you're in an area where you can tap into a Starbucks or a fast food restaurant's Wi-Fi. But um, it does have a cellular antenna, and if you put a SIM card for whatever cellular network you have, it's supposed to work in that WineGuard device. The operative word here is supposed to. I just tried ours and uh, it didn't work. I have a Verizon SIM card in mind, just like Ross, and uh, it didn't work. Tried to connect, it recognized the Verizon SIM, but it wasn't connecting. And this is a pretty common occurrence that we're hearing over and over again from people who have the WineGuard Connect 2 and a Verizon SIM card. What the cause is, sometimes it has to do with you need to have a software update uh, to the WineGuard system. I, I think that's what it is in my case. Uh, I just didn't have time to go through that whole elaborate setup system. So there's a lot of reports about when you do get a connectivity uh, connection going that it suddenly drops off. I took it as far as I could go and I figured the best place to find out if this is really true is with uh, our friends uh, Chris and Cherie from Technomedia. Uh, Technomedia is uh, part of the uh, internet information uh, service where these guys specialize in remote uh, connectivity for RVers. And I thought the best thing to do is put this question to Cherie, and here's her answer. Is there some disconnect between WineGuard and Verizon? Uh, we get all these conflicting messages from the forums and from people who heard from somebody who heard from somebody at Verizon that they don't do it anymore. We have not uh, heard any news. We've not gotten any direct reports of any change to the WineGuard systems working on Verizon. WineGuard's website still shows 
Verizon compatibility and signing up directly. There are some Verizon support forums going on where people are reporting that they're having issues with it. Um, it might be, if there are issues, it could be firmware related on WineGuard sign, but we have not really been tracking anything. And Verizon really doesn't have the legal ability to block access on any compatible device as per the terms of their acquisition of their LTE network spectrum back in 2008 of open access. They have to allow SIM swapping into any compatible device with their data plans. So they really can't block devices. Well, that's that's good to know. And of course, you, you guys are the experts on this. But what I can see, a lot of the, the concerns may be due to some software updates that people didn't get for the WineGuard system and some confusion there. Lots of reports of disconnects and, and difficulty in, in connecting. But um, as far as you guys know, the system is still compatible and um, it should work. So Right, absolutely. Now, now, getting a plan can be a little bit tricky because for a carrier to activate a data plan, they have to have the IMEI number of the modem, which is basically the serial number of your cellular device. So the modem inside the WineGuard may not be registered directly with Verizon, which means when you encounter a rep with Verizon and they type in that number, they said, oh, we don't have that in our system. We can't activate. And that's very common. We get that with a lot of the router devices that are out there, PepWave, CradlePoint, MoFi, InstiConnect. Um, if it's not a Verizon branded Jetpack hotspot device, uh, it may not be in their system. Uh, we do know for sure that they're 15 gigabyte in quotes, unlimited data plan, the one that gives you unlimited data, but only 15 gigabytes of high speed, that one will activate, reps can get it to activate on any Verizon compatible device. They also offer the 30 gigabyte option, both on prepaid and postpaid. And we do know that for some reason, that plan cannot be activated on routers like the WineGuard or PepWave devices. So those have to be activated on jetpacks. But all you have to do is take the SIM card out of the jetpack and put it into the WineGuard and it should work fine. And, but, you know, for the average person, they got to climb up on the roof. They got to plug it in, pull it out then come down. It, it becomes a, a pretty major hassle. But, hey, Definitely. thank you so much for sorting that out and uh, for always being our go-to person when it comes to mobile Internet. Uh, Technomedia the uh, mobileinternetinfo.com right there on uh, beneath your uh, your smiling face. Uh, that's where they can get a hold of you. Thank, thank Absolutely. you guys so much. Thanks, Mike. Cherie and uh, her partner, Chris, are heads of the uh, Mobile Resource Inter Information Center. That's a big mouthful, but uh, we'll put a link in uh, the show notes and in the description of this video. And if you're watching it on YouTube, you saw their the, their URL or their web address uh, underneath uh, Cherie's name. Uh, but for the rest of you, I'll put it in the description and in the show notes. But uh, it's supposed to work. The operative word here, supposed to. <laughs> it's so confusing out there, isn't it? It certainly is. All right. We'll be back. And when we come back, it's time for ta -da, the interview of the week. All RVers need specialized emergency transportation coverage to cover air and ground ambulances, return to home services, and vehicle return. You only have a 68% chance that those services will be completely covered by your major medical. The sad reality is that a lot of people believe they have that coverage, but it turns out most carriers that claim to cover air ambulances only cover you for a hospital-to-hospital -hospital transfer and offer no coverage to get you to the initial hospital in the first place. 
The truth is 68% of air ambulances are hospital to hospital. Here's a map of all the places in the U.S. that getting to the hospital in the golden hour is not possible without an air ambulance. And with an average cost of $52,481 for an air ambulance, why would you take the risk? Go to peaceofmindforrvs.com today and take a look at the true emergency transportation coverage they offer that covers it all. The coverage can save your life and your life savings. Check it out. Peaceofmindforrvs.com. Jennifer and I are members and we urge you to consider it too. Peaceofmindforrvs.com. Hey, fellow travelers, want to have your voice featured on the RV podcast? Send us your questions or comments. Send an audio file to Mike at RVLifestyle.com. Or better yet, use our RV podcast voicemail number, 586-372-6990. 586-372-6990. We want to hear from you. Call 586-372-6990. Have you had it with overbooked, overcrowded campgrounds? Then check out Harvest Hosts, where RVers can overnight for free at more than 2,400 wineries, farms, microbreweries, golf courses, and attractions. Harvest Host is a membership service for those with self-contained RVs looking for unique, beautiful, and peaceful overnight camping experiences across North America. When you become a member of Harvest Host, you can camp for free at all these places. Jennifer and I are Harvest Host members, and we've made so many great memories at Harvest Host locations. There's no charge for camping, and your Harvest Host membership fee is easily made up with just a couple of stays. Plus, you have awesome places to stay. If you use our special affiliate link of rvlifestyle.com slash hh, you'll automatically get 15% off the cost of your membership. That's 15% off, but you must use the special link, rvlifestyle.com slash hh. Welcome back, everyone. And now for our interview of the week with Frank and Lisa Rovinovich. Now, we met them in Elkhart, Indiana. We were actually having some repair work done. And uh, we sat in the waiting room. And as we were in the waiting room, uh, they pulled up and they had a, a Lisa Travel Van Unity and they were pulling a little U-Haul trailer. So what do you got in there? Well, he told us, uh, they were on, actually, they were on their way to Indiana Dunes State Park, and then they were going up uh, the UP, but they uh, do their traveling by stopping along the way and doing some work. And they had a rather interesting uh, type of work that they did. Um, they make mouth guards. Mouth guards for, like, sporting teams, young kids or older people. Athletes. Athletes, as well as... Uh, Mouth guards for people who, who need them. Yeah, people for other who reasons. tend to grind their teeth at night, you know, or, or just... Clench. Just to keep your... Yeah, to crunch, clench your teeth. Uh, well, Jennifer uses a mouth guard, and she needed one, and right on the spot, they made one. Yeah, <laughs> sitting in the waiting room with the... So we bartered. Mold in my mouth. We, yeah, we bartered with them. We gave, they were going up the UP, so we gave them one of our UP travel guides. But we thought it was an interesting story about here's somebody who found a niche that they could use their RV, they could work their way across the country and still do RVing. And we think that you're gonna enjoy meeting Frank and Julie Robinovich. Frank and Julie, they uh, have a business that they operate and uh, small talk, talking and everything. I found out that they have something that I need and uh, to pay them back 
You gave him one of our books. <laughs> I think we got the better of the deal. We did. Uh, Frank, tell everybody what you guys do. Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited about that book. But uh, we <laughs> make custom mouth guards and night guards for athletes. And uh, night guards feel they're growing their teeth at night. And as soon as you said that, I told them that my wife has been trying to get one from her dentist. And the dentist has this, like, what, $500 rate? Oh, it's over $500. $550, And then that got talking about how you started a business that you're doing from the road from your beautiful Unity uh, LTV RV right now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, 10 years ago, we got involved in uh, making mouth guards for athletes. And those athletes' parents and themselves, they needed night guards, too, for grinding at night. So along the way, we started making them for dentists so that they could mark them up, uh, you know, to the prices that they wanted to have them. But we sell them uh, kind of without the middleman pricing and uh, real inexpensive. So, so, so have you ever seen him do that before, Julie? Just made a mouth guard for Jennifer? Yes. That was a really special moment, right? Right, especially when you're taking pictures and I can't talk and I imagine I'm going to be drooling. Or yeah, something. that's right. Oh, well, let's let's show everybody that image. Let's just roll that right into the clip. There okay. you are. Okay, there we go. Uh, so I, to compensate for their kindness, I thought I would throw in a book because where are you going? We're actually headed to the uh, UP, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And uh, one of the main reasons we're going to explore that area is the videos you guys Absolutely, put together. Yeah. Oh, well, isn't that fun? That and is fun. We still got the much better deal out of it. <laughs> uh, so what I wanted to talk to you a little bit, though, is uh, to share with us um, life on the road, working from the road, uh, what the RV brings to that and how you can combine fun and an income and, you know, uh, meet needs of people, really needs. Right. So uh, for our business, we are uh, visiting lots of sporting events. And uh, in the past year with COVID, of course, many of those events were canceled. But now that they've started up again, we get in the RV, we bring everything we need to use in the trailer behind us, which is why we could use a garage in our RV. But uh, we go and make impressions at the event for the athletes who happen to be on site. Uh, this week, we happen to be going to a strongman event. We go to hockey events and we go to uh, jiu-jitsu and boxing events as well. I thought it was interesting. You showed me all the different types of bite guards, mouth guards that people can get. I mean, they've got all you really have really fun stuff. I wish you had the sheets so we could show mm -hmm. everybody that. But how for the strong, muscular people, the bite guard is more for their molars because uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're lifting yeah. cars and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that's what they need. To I never imagined that somebody would need a bite guard because you're a weightlifter. Yeah. They do, yeah, because they crack their molars under all that heavy uh, weight. Well, I'm more interested in the RV part of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We call this our New York City apartment. Yes. Because we feel like it's such a comfortable, no matter where we park at night, at the end of the night, we get in there, we turn on our candles, we turn on, have our little glass of wine, and we feel like we're in our New York City apartment. And exactly. we've made it so comfortable in there that it, no matter where we are, it's... It's wonderful. Yeah, I got to tell you, we used to have a 38-foot tiffin, an, old, an older one. I mentioned earlier, I'm not much of a tinker, so things were falling off the walls, and I couldn't really uh, get them back on there. But uh, this really facilitates being in towns, in small uh, cities, uh, and parking properly. So uh, it's just been a great uh, uh, 
tool for us to get out to these events. And 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 still to work from there. Now, there have you met other folks who uh, go from festival to festival, art show to art show, event to event, kind of like you're doing? Yeah. Uh, there's a whole subculture of folks working from the road. Exactly right. Yeah. Our son was just out in Moab, and he was explaining to us he has a 16 foot um, pole. Pull behind trailer, yeah. And he was explaining to us that culture. Yeah. He was amazed at how many people were on the road traveling, doing, running their businesses from wherever they were, go- wherever they wanted to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In his case, he was out on a six-week trip mm-hmm. uh, from event to event, but in between events, got to enjoy places like Moab. Mm-hmm. Now, Curse, you have a very specialized business, and of course, uh, everybody who kind of works on the road has a specialized business. But I know there are a lot of people watching this and say, "I want to do that." Give some advice from working on the road and combining fun and pleasure and uh, uh, helping people to find that there's probably something they can do as well. Yeah, yeah, I think it works particularly well if you have a niche of some sort, whether it's a t-shirt niche or for us it's a mouth guard niche. Uh, If you find the audiences that uh, want your product and you're able to uh, visit them at events, whether it's flea markets or in our case sporting events uh, or farmers markets and you have a form of uh, housing to go along with it, it works really nicely because you're able to find specific uh, uh, venues and specific events that cater to that niche. And social media is a huge driver of business now, so you know that's something you can do on the road. Yeah, they say uh, the internet is the uh, great uh, niching down of uh, ideas because you can serve the whole country and Mm -hmm. affect the world. Frank and Julie's company is impactmouthguards.com. Impactmouthguards, all one word, impactmouthguards.com. And um, you can check out what they do there. But uh, isn't that an interesting way to make a living? Yeah, They've found their niche. They get to travel across the country. They get to see all the beautiful places in this country, attend interesting events, and uh, not be locked in an office nine to five. They're out there exploring the country and earning a living. And I thought his tip about um, everybody, you know, you got to find your own niche. Mm -hmm. You just can't do what somebody else is doing. But but there's so many things out there to do. And with the Internet, you can work from the road just about any place. All right, that's our interview of the week. If you think you would make a good interview or you know somebody that you'd like us to talk to, send it to, send their name and contact info and a little bit of background to us at Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com because we love meeting interesting people on the road and through you and your referrals. So who should we interview next? You can help us with that. And now the part you've been waiting for, Hidden Campground Gems. Now, there are a lot of hidden campground gems around the country. Uh, we've been talking a lot about how crowded it is out there. And, you know, there's no doubt it is indeed crowded. But there are vacancies out there. There are campgrounds that are hidden that you don't see on everybody's radar. Well, we don't, but Mark Kep does. And Mark's going to be our special correspondent for this segment. Mark is with CampgroundViews.com, and they have pioneered this 360 degree uh, video coverage that is their goal ambitious goal is to go out and get shots in 360 degrees of all the different campgrounds as many as they can find around the country and they got a whole bunch online now and so the challenge we've given mark is find these hidden gems that we don't think are available so if you had to say where's the hardest place to find a campground this summer where would you think it would be 
Yellowstone. Yellowstone National Park. Wouldn't you say it's not even worth trying? It isn't if you want to try and stay in the park. They've been booked up for a year. And many of the big campgrounds right around the park, same thing. But that's the secret. They're not all big campgrounds around there. And Mark found a hidden campground gem that is just a, a, a relatively short drive from the west entrance to Yellowstone National Park. Well, we checked just a few days ago. It had openings. You need to put this on your radar. And we begin this new series called Hidden Campground Gems with Mark's report on this one near Yellowstone. Thank you, Mike. And hello, everybody. Mark Kep here. And today we're going to show you a hidden gem campground located in a town called Ashton, Idaho. Ashton, Idaho may not ring a bell to you, but you've probably passed through it if you've ever driven up to West Yellowstone from the southwestern area of the United States. It's located along US 20 between Idaho Falls and West Yellowstone. And Ashton, Idaho is the last town you come to before you climb up onto the mountainside heading over to West Yellowstone. The campground specifically that we're looking at is called Grand View Campground. It's located along Mesa Falls Scenic Byway, which is a side route along US 20. Takes you a very pretty drive through the forest there. And then Grand View Campground itself is a US Forest Service campground. It has packed dirt roads, packed dirt sites, and a beautiful setting with tall, majestic trees all around. What makes this campground very unique is its proximity to the lower Mesa Falls waterfall. It's an actual very pretty waterfall that you can walk to from the campsite. There is a number of trails that go along the, the hillside overlooking the falls, providing amazing spots for photos and just enjoying the view of the falls. Lake Day is amazing here. The sun rays will come over this mountainside and create just majestic uh, light at, through the misting waters coming off the waterfalls. Very pretty spot. And Grandview Campground itself is a U.S. Forest Service campground, as I noted, and it's bookable on the recreation.gov system. So you can actually find, click, and book campsites there. The sites are plenty big for most any size RV. They're well-spaced, so you have good spacing from your neighbors. And overall, this location is absolutely amazing. You're reasonably close to West Yellowstone, but you're also in a location that's lesser known. So this whole region here could actually be part of your vacation and you can avoid the crowds of the busier National Park. So this is one of our hidden gem campgrounds. We hope you go enjoy it and let us know if you've stayed there before and like it. There will be a link in the description below so you can go and take a look at it yourself. And by all means, share your hidden gems with us so that we can share them with everybody else. Back to you, Mike. I can't wait till next week to see what gem he's got then. And I hope people are writing this down. Look at the notes. Keep track of this. Now, we'll put a link to uh, the campground that Mark just showed you in the description below. Uh, or if you're uh, uh, listening to this audio from your app, just go to rvlifestyle.com. That's our travel blog. And look for this uh, the show notes for this podcast, episode 351. We'll have a link to that specific campground in the, uh, on the uh, audio podcast show notes as well. For those of you on YouTube, you can find it uh, in the description beneath the video on the RV Lifestyle channel on YouTube. Now it's time for Off the Beaten Path with the Burkitts, Tom and Patty. I can't wait to see where we're going this week. Hi, Mike and Jennifer. 
It's a bit of a paradox. The western edge of the Delmarva Peninsula is called the Eastern Shore. That's because Maryland lays claim to both sides of the Chesapeake Bay, so it's the eastern shore of the bay, not the shore of the land adjoining it. Or, to hear others tell it, it's just the easternmost shore in Maryland. Whatever the case, it's a long, craggy shoreline dotted with nothing more than small to medium towns and a lot of small islands. We've spent some time exploring these and have reported before on Deal Island, the best known. Today we're going to some that are, even for this remote area, a bit farther from well-traveled roads. The first, Hooper Island, we found because of a four-year-old article about the best seafood restaurants in Maryland. It was something I came across by chance and marked the top three on my future travel map. This is a practice I'd recommend to anyone who travels regularly and has particular interests. As I read and come across sites and events that we'd like to experience, I record them, along with a link to the source, on a Google map. When we plan a trip, I note the locations that are near our route and we keep them in mind as we travel. As we crossed onto Hooper Island, we noticed a small herd of deer. They looked a bit odd from the glance we had as we passed, so we backed up to have a look. Backing up on the roads was never an issue in this part of the country. There was literally no traffic. Sure enough, these were Sika deer. Actually a, a species of elk, they are native to Japan and were released by accident in 1916. With no natural predators, no tigers on the eastern shore, sadly, they thrive here and are hunted just like the more common whitetails. Our most interesting find here by far was a wind-blown cemetery, close enough to the ocean that it seems the residents might be waiting for the next boat to the afterlife. The graves here dated to about 1800, and one woman had died at age 90 in 1801. That's a long history of fishing in this little town called Fishing Creek. It was interesting, too, to see the varied spellings of the names, assumedly all related, but written slightly differently. As promised, Old Salty's restaurant did not disappoint. I ordered the crab cake and Tom had the crab chowder. The crab cake was, without question, the best we've ever had. No surprise, said the chatty waitress. Rupert had his girls picking those crabs right over there yesterday afternoon. Sure enough, there was Rupert's crab dock just across the street. It was one of several on the island, all active, so crab fishing must still be a viable business here. Each of the three islands we visited was different, though all were focused on the bay, and all had an air of hard work and great age. It's that way in a lot of the places you find out here, off the beaten path. Thanks, Patty and Tom. You can hear them every week when they do the report on the RV podcast. They've been doing reports for us for, gosh, I guess, close to uh, four or five years now. And it's, uh, it's really fun to listen to the interesting spots that they pick up. Um, you can also find them on RVLifestyle.com, our RV Lifestyle travel blog. Can you believe this is it? Episode 351 is all wrapped up in the can. We want to hear from you. Send us uh, your uh, questions, your comments. We'd love to get video questions, and we can also play your audio as well. Just send those to us at Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening and being a part of the RV Podcast. We'll see you next week. Happy Fourth of July. Happy trails.